0: This is Orson Welles On The Air, featuring the old-time radio performances of the legendary Orson Welles.
1: On this episode of Orson Welles On The Air, we'll hear from This Is My Best, a series that was produced between 1944 and 1946, aired over CBS stations. One we'll hear today is from March 20th, 1945. It's titled Miss Dilly Says No.
0: Good evening, this is Orson Welles, inviting you to listen now to Ann Southern in Miss Dilly Says No on Cresta Blanca's This Is My Best.
1: This is My Best, America's Greatest Stars and the World's Best Stories. <laughs> Presented each week by Shenley's Cresta Blanca Wine. Wine of friendly nature, pride of the vintner's art, symbol of hospitality compliment to honored guests. A wine to serve proudly saying this is my best. This is Presta Blanca. C-R-E-S-T-A. B-L-A-N-C-A. Presta Blanca. Presta Blanca. For Miss Billy Says No with Ann Southern, who appears to the courtesy of Metro-Golden-Mayer, the producers of the picture of
0: Dorian Gray. Horson Wells again, we're proud to say that tonight's story has been chosen for rebroadcast overseas. And our guest is another source of pride. Past argument, Ann Southern is one of the most extremely scrumptious and likewise gifted of stardom citizenry. Her Maisie is an American institution. The heroine she brings to life on This Is My Best tonight is no less remarkable a personage, believe me. Miss Dilly is the name, Miss Dilly from Theodore Pratt's best-selling fable, Miss Dilly says no. Scene? That most wildly improbable of all the never-never lands on this swirling globe of ours, the grand capital of glamour, the home of Nutburgers and Mike Romanoff and Hedda Hopper's hats. You guessed it. Yes, Miss Dilly says no, where no is seldom said. In Hollywood! <laughs>
2: Mr. Gladstone's office, Miss Gilly speaking. I'm sorry, I'm only Mr. Gladstone's secretary. Hold on a moment, please. Miss Gilly speaking. What? No, Mr. Gladstone doesn't want the mixed choir or the Swiss bell ringers in the picture. He's decided to use Shetland ponies instead. Sorry. <laughs> Hello? What's that? Oh, you've got the wrong studio. This is Superior Pictures. <sighs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Miss Dilly, whom you've just met, is secretary to one of Hollywood's biggest producers. But Miss Dilly is no ordinary secretary, she's also a writer. For the first five years of her endeavor, she's averaged two dozen original screen stories, or two a month. This made 240 in all, though it was not her grand total. At the moment, however, Miss Dilly has given up all hopes of ever selling a story to the movies, and is collecting rejection slips from the book publishers. In fact, only one thing keeps Miss Dilly from getting a job in some other industry, and that is Mr. Horatio. Mr. Horatio is a member of the board of directors of Superior Studios, and Miss Dilly sees him once a year when he comes to Hollywood to attend the annual board meeting. She's had no more success with Mr. Horatio than she's had with her stories, but as I pointed out, Miss Dilly is a very unusual character. So in point of fact, is Mr. Horatio. Your obedient servant will essay the role. If you'll excuse him, please, while he gets into character. Take it away, Miss Dilly.
2: Uh, you rang, Mr. Horatio. Oh,
0: oh, why, Miss Dilly? Come in, come in here. Take, take, take this chair.
2: Oh. Thank you, Mr. Horatio.
0: So you're going to help me again this year?
2: Hmm? Well, I'll be glad to do what I can.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, yes, indeed.
2: Uh, you wanted to dictate a letter?
0: Uh, mm, it goes to uh, uh, Gino Bonelli, Gatehouse Horatio Hall, Mount Kisco, New York. Dear Bonelli, mm. I have been thinking over the problem which you laid before me just before I left the coast mm. concerning the disposition of the Duchess of Beansborough, bush. Rosebush. Rosebush? Mm. The letter is to my gardener. Gee. Hey. Uh, <laughs> uh, to continue, I had seriously considered planting it down near the swimming pool, but I note a tendency to ranginess in the roses we placed there last year. It's mm-hmm. too far from the house, and I would hardly ever see it there. On second thought, um, what do you think?
2: I beg your pardon.
0: Well, uh, where do you think it should go, Miss Dilly?
2: Well, I guess there's only one thing to do, Mr. Ah. Ratio. A planet beside the gate where you go in and out on your walks every day.
0: Excellent suggestion, Miss Dilly. Excellent. (laughs) Then I'll see it every day.
3: Yes.
0: yes. I'll see it twice, coming and going. (laughs) I'll see it more than twice if I come and go more than once.
3: Yes. (laughs) Thank
0: you, Miss Dilly, for your generous advice.
2: Oh, you're welcome, Mr. Horatio. In fact, more than welcome.
0: (laughs) Yes. Then we'll conclude the letter. This a helpful friend, that's you, Miss Billy, a helpful
3: oh, friend here you. in the
0: studio, has <laughs> suggested that we plant the rose beside the west gate. Sign it cordially yours with regards to Mrs. Benelli and the children, E. Horatio.
2: Yes, well, I'll type this up and send it right away, airman.
0: Good, good. I'll send you a rose from the bush, Miss Billy. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, Mr. Horatio.
0: Uh-huh. As a reward for your suggestion.
2: Oh, well, I'll look forward to it. You
0: shall receive it without fail. The very first time it blooms.
2: Oh, well, that'll be wonderful.
0: I'll send two.
3: <laughs>
2: oh, uh, Mister Horatio.
0: Well, I expect I'd better be getting on this evening. The board is meeting with Mister Gladstone, and uh, and uh, yes, well, uh, goodbye.
2: Uh, goodbye, Mister Horatio.
0: Uh, au revoir. I should have said, Miss Dilly. <laughs> Until next year.
2: Until next year. Until next year. Hi, Billy. Hello, Marilla. So you let him get away again. Well, he promised to send me a rose, though. If you don't take the Oscar for a dumb performance, carrying the torch for a guy, you see him once a year, and when the day rolls around, you get him all alone, all you come away with is an I.O.U. for a couple of roses. Oh, you don't understand, Marilla. He doesn't even know I exist, even. Funny he remembers you from year to year. Why, his beard was fairly twitching when he asked me to send you in a while ago. Ah, oh, it's such a handsome
3: beard. <laughs>
2: Marilla. Yes, Dilly. When you kiss a man with a beard, does it um tickle?
3: I'm going to you.
2: Oh, Marilla, we live in different worlds, that's all. He's a he's a great financier, and I'm just financier. A... Listen, anybody can be a financier. All you need is the money. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I-, I came in to bring you this. A telegram? Sure, it's a telegram. Now, who on earth we'll open it and see. Marilla. What is it? Is somebody dead? Listen to this. Your manuscript, titled Forever Hollywood, has been accepted for publication on our spring list. Joey! We reluctantly accept your proviso that no personal information concerning you or your connection with superior pictures will be divulged by us... Signed, Algernon Klopman, President Klopman-Schuster Publishing Company. But, Dilly, why do you want to keep it a secret? Because, well, I might lose my job. Oh, what do you care? You're an author now. Why, your book will make a million dollars. I'll bet it will. Oh, why? Well, even if I only made a few thousand. But don't you see, I just have to keep my job. Otherwise, I won't see Mr. Horatio next year.
3: It's silly. Yes,
2: Mr. Gladstone.
1: Come in here right away and bring your book.
2: My... My shorthand book? You know
1: perfectly well what book I mean. That book. Bring it in
3: here.
2: Yes, Mr. Gladstone. Yes, Mr. Gladstone. Sit down.
1: Close the door, Jonah.
2: Uh,
4: Close the door. Right,
1: Chief. Well, Miss Dilly?
2: Oh, well, Mr. Gladstone, I never had any idea they'd really print it. Honestly, I didn't. You yourself said my writing stank, even in Technicolor. This is
1: no time for levity, Miss Dilly. Uh, sit still, Miss Dilly. Uh, answer that,
4: Jonah. Not right, Chief? Who's that? Oh, you snail. You earthworm. Who was that? Arthur Horntoo Jr. over at
1: Culver. The bum. <laughs> oh, now listen to me, Miss Dilly. I don't want to have any unpleasantness about this, but... Who's this? Oh,
4: you jerks. You double-barrel, three-plied heels, you... Oh, what was that? Tantamount Pictures. That quickie factory. Mm.
1: You see what you've done to us, Miss Billy?
2: And uh, No, I don't.
1: Those other companies... Brooks! They want to buy your book.
2: Buy my book?
1: Suppose they'd got to you before we knew anything about it. How do you think we would have felt here at Superior?
2: Well, I'm sorry if some of the things I said in my book were. Well, I, I mean, one has to write from one's own experience. You
1: don't understand, Miss Dilly. We want your book, too. We want to make a picture of it. We want to
4: pay you money. $5,000. Yeah,
1: I'll get this one. Okay.
4: Who's this? Robbers, talent thieves, bloodsuckers. Who is that?
1: Mercury. Oh, no. <laughs> Yes, those scavengers. Yeah. Miss Dilly, uh, don't get your ideas uh, too high. Uh, let's say uh, seventy-five hundred dollars.
2: Have you read my book, Mr. Gladstone?
4: Of course not.
2: You, Mr. Jonah,
4: with the other studios bidding like this, I should waste my time reading it. Well, how about it, Miss Dilly? <laughs> Ten thousand.
1: That's our final offer. You better take it, Miss Dilly.
2: Uh, Mr. Gladstone's office. I didn't mean take the phone. This is Miss Dilly. Oh yes, Mr. Kaufman. Well, would, would thirty thirty-five thousand dollars be too much? Oh, uh, thank you, Mr. Kaufman.
1: Who was that?
2: My publisher. Imagine forever Hollywood has been chosen by the Book of the Month Club.
1: That means
4: three hundred thousand right there, yeah.
2: And he says it's selling a thousand copies a day, including Sundays.
4: Including Sundays. (laughs) Well, let me see, let me see now. That's uh, seven thousand copies a week at two fifty a copy. That's two thousand six hundred and twenty-five dollars per week. Jonah, yes, B G. Do you mean to
1: say that she makes more money a week than I do? Yes, B.G., it
4: looks that way.
2: Mr. Gladstone. Mr. Gladstone, I think I'm going to
4: faint. Get some water. She's fainted. Right, Chief. No. Wait. While she's out, we'd better plan our strategy. Yeah, it's a good idea, Chief. Here's what we can do. Yeah. After she gets off work tonight,
3: we have a car waiting
1: Dan Southern star, Cresta Blanca, is bringing you Orson Welles' production of Miss Dilly Says No on This Is My Best. A witty and practical Frenchman once said, as only a Frenchman would, a poem can ne'er with a dinner compare. Undoubtedly, many of you will agree. You know yourself the feeling of complete well-being you experience after a good dinner. And when you have also enjoyed a fine wine with your dinner, you have special reason for satisfaction. For fine wines and fine foods just naturally go together. One complements the other. And if the wine served with your meal is a fine Cresta Blanca, California sauteur, your dinner is beyond comparison. This excellent sauternes has a distinctive dry character that always awakens the hidden flavors in fine foods and creates pleasing taste harmonies. It's a light-bodied, golden wine with a delicious, full flavor. It has a delicate aroma all its own. You'll especially enjoy Cresta Blanca sauternes when you serve it well-chipped.
0: Once again, raising the curtain on Act Two of Miss Dilly Says No. As our story proceeds, Miss Dilly, enacted, as you will have noticed, by Ann Southern, is still in a dead faint from the shock of having become overnight America's best selling authoress. Lest the movie rights to her book be captured by some rival studio, Superior Productions, where Miss Dilly is employed as a secretary, have placed her in the protective custody of a trusted studio policeman. As we look in on her now, she's whizzing along one of Hollywood's wide boulevards in a bulletproof limousine.
2: Where am I? What happened? Oh, it's all right, Dilley. You, you just passed out from excitement. Is this an ambulance we're riding here? No, it's only Mr. Gladstone's car. Only? What are you doing here, Timothy? Well,
4: all I know is I'm supposed to go along everywhere you go and sit outside the door of your apartment and not let anybody in but her.
2: Well, we certainly aren't going in the direction of my apartment. We're going in the exact opposite direction.
4: What's that? Well, for crying out loud. Hey, you driver. Hey, Mac, pull up. Stop the car. I got you covered, so you better do as I say. Uh, keep your shirt on, copper. I'll park as fast as I can. Uh, who are you? You're not Mr. Gladstone's driver. I'm, I'm Bill Grepps from Intentional Pictures. This was the only way I could get an interview with Miss Dilly. Go on, get out, go on, before I let you have it with both barrels. Look, I, I just want to ask her one question. Miss Dilly, what was your last offer?
2: Amalgamated offered me $45,000. All right.
4: I... All right. If Amalgamated will verify that, we'll make it fifty. dollars You say it's a deal, I'll say it's a deal. Then it's a deal, because a deal is a deal. Uh,
2: well, uh, no, thank you.
4: All right. What is your price?
2: I haven't any.
4: You want to talk to him anymore, Miss Dilly? No. You sure you don't? You heard what he said? Fifty grand. It doesn't
2: matter, Timothy. But fifty grand? Timothy, are you working for superior or intentional pictures? I'm trying to work for you. All right then, just go ahead and do as Mr. Gladstone told you. Couldn't
4: very well do that, Miss Dilly. Why not? Well, after all, Miss Dilly, murder's against the law.
1: Well, Miss Dilly, have a good night.
2: Oh, oh yes, Mr. Gladstone. Fine, thank you. Uh,
4: nobody uh, bothered you?
2: Oh, no. No, nothing at all. Oh, mm-hmm. Thank There's the there.
4: Lord. <sighs> Miss Dilly, I read your book last night.
2: You did? Yes.
1: I don't often read a book, but I must say yours is a dilly.
2: Yours is
4: a dilly?
1: That's very funny, Chip. Shut up, Jonah. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> Confidentially, Miss Dilly. What's your highest offer ever so far?
3: Well, Miss Billy,
1: I...
4: look, we're prepared to go sixty thousand if you'll just say it's a deal this minute, as of now. What do you say?
2: No, she said no. <laughs>
1: what do you want, Miss Billy?
2: Well, for one thing, I'd like a raise to forty dollars a week. What? Don't
1: cloud the issue, Miss Dilly. We're talking about your story.
2: Mr. Gladstone, I don't want to sell my book to you or to any other studio.
4: Nonsense! Who ever heard of anybody not selling a book to pictures?
2: And, Mr. Gladstone, you shouldn't get so excited. I don't get as excited as well, I... Will. It's not good for you, Mr. Gladstone. Remember, your nerves, you know how you always break out and shingles. Yeah, but,
4: but, but why, Miss Dilly?
2: Why won't you sell?
4: Yes, why?
2: Well, because... Because I don't feel like it.
4: You don't
2: feel like it. No. I thought it all over last night, and I... And I got to thinking about you, Mr. Gladstone, and all the men like you. And I decided that for your own good, it was high time someone said no to you. Hello, Dilly. Marilla, imagine. Mr. Horatio's invited me to eat dinner and go dancing. Whoopie! goodness i can't possibly I, I can't possibly be ready i don't even own an evening dress Sap, tell gladstone to get you one out of wardrobe oh, i couldn't do that oh tell him it's business you're going out with a member of the board of directors ain't you well i suppose well, i could tell him that and listen this time make sure he kisses you otherwise you'll be waiting around till next year again well how can i make sure oh, simple give me old necktie treatment
3: <laughs>
2: next tie treatment. What's that? Well, when you're driving there in the taxi and the taxi goes around the corner, mm. you just lose your balance a little and lean against him. Not too heavy, you understand? Just nice like. And if that doesn't work, then you notice that his tie is crooked and offer to straighten it for him. If you look right into their eyes while you're fixing the tie, they never last around the next corner. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Horatio. Oh,
0: it, it, it wasn't your fault, Miss Dilly. Uh, driver, not so fast, if you please. Good thing I was sitting here beside you, Miss Dilly. Might have thrown you straight out the other window.
2: <laughs> oh, I don't think that would have happened. Now, look what I've done.
0: Oh, the, what's that?
2: Your necktie.
0: Oh, that's all right. It's,
2: it's all crooked. Here. No, no don't. Uh... Let me straighten it for well, you. To... Oh, my Mr. Horatio.
0: I guess I shouldn't have done that. Uh,
2: I'm glad you kissed me.
0: Well, I'm glad you're glad, Miss Dilly, because I'm glad.
3: <laughs> it it did tickle. <laughs> two, three. One, two,
0: three. One two. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm very clumsy of me. Three, two three one two. You waltz beautifully, Miss Ouch. <laughs> Miss Dilly. Oh
3: well. Thank
2: you. So do you.
0: Two three. Miss Dilly, there's something I must confess to you. I don't want you to think I've offered you my friendship under any false pretenses. When I explain something to you, mm-hmm. Miss Dilly, I, I really think that I ought to.
2: Well, I. Uh... I think you'd better wait till we get back to your table. To
0: my table. Yes, that's a, a splendid. I can't, can't hear yourself think out here. No. no. Ah, there well, we are.
2: now then. You say you have a confession to me. Well, make. it's
0: not exactly a confession, Miss Dilly, but I sometimes wondered if there wasn't a, a bond between us. Our names.
2: First names, you mean?
0: Hmm. I've noticed you always sign your name S. Dilly. S.
2: And you always sign yours, E. Horatio.
0: I'll tell you what E stands for if you tell me what S stands for. <laughs>
2: All right. If you promise never to call me by my first name... You
0: have to promise the same.
2: <laughs> I promise.
0: All right. Mine is... Mine is... Aliphalet.
3: <laughs>
2: I think I'd better go on calling you, Mr. Horatio. <laughs>
3: hmm.
0: And yours?
2: So far, Nisba. <laughs>
0: yes. I see what you mean, Miss Dillon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Here we
3: are.
2: It's been a lovely evening, Mr. Rachel. Has it? Has it?
0: Has it? Yes. yes has it? Do you really think so? Oh,
2: yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I do, don't you? Well,
0: let's do it all over again tomorrow evening, shall we? Oh, yes. Do it yes, all over again.
2: Yes. Well, uh... Well, good night.
0: Good night? Oh, I almost forgot.
2: Yes, uh, Miss Dilly.
0: I'm happy to tell you that the studio would like to purchase your book and make a picture out of it. Mm-hmm. You? and yeah. You too? And I'm particularly happy to let you know the price we're willing to offer for it, Miss
2: No, Dullick. no. $100,000. Mr. Horatio, I thought you didn't like financial matters. Well, I
0: don't. I just... Well, what's the matter?
2: Can you ask that?
0: But... Did you want more money, Miss Dilly? Is that it? If it is, I don't see why it can't be arranged.
2: Oh, I thought you cared for me. And all the time you were working with the studio to try to get me to sell my book for pictures.
0: But what's wrong with that, Miss Dilly?
2: Oh, I never want to see you again as long as I live, you. You are hot. Miss Dilly,
1: will you come in here for a moment, please?
2: Yes, Mr. Gladstone.
1: down miss dilly have a cigarette no thank you don't look so frightened miss dilly i'm not going to talk about your story
2: then why are you scratching yourself like that
1: it's my shingles they've come back miss dilly
2: oh that's what i thought i warned you against getting so excited mr gladstone this is
1: the worst case of shingles i've ever had miss dilly And I've been asking myself why.
2: Well, Mr. Gladstone, pardon me for saying so, but you know that scratching like that only makes them worse. Why,
1: I ask myself, why is it worse this time? Well,
2: maybe it's because nobody ever said no to you before, Mr. Gladstone.
1: This is your fault, Miss Billy. Oh, shingles, it's all your fault.
2: Well, I'll do anything I can to help, Mr. Gladstone, maybe... Maybe I could help you scratch them.
1: I I lay awake all night asking myself why why are they worse this time? Is it Miss Dilly's story I want, or or is it is it Miss Dilly?
2: Mister Gladstone.
1: I love you, Miss Dilly. I've never loved anybody else for an instant. Marry me, and we'll produce your story together.
2: Um. Gladstone, Say yes,
1: Miss Dilly. Say yes and put an end to my suffering. Oh,
2: now really, Mr. Gladstone, you don't have to do this. I've changed my mind. Really, I have. I'll tell you the story. You can have it for nothing. Oh,
1: Dilly, the the least I can do. Huh? What's that?
2: I said I've changed my mind. You can have my story.
4: Well, now you're talking.
2: You see, Mr. Gladstone, I thought saying no to all that money might restore some people's faith in human nature. But now, well, I... Haven't got any faith in human nature myself anymore, so... If you want me to, I'll sign the contract. Oh,
3: Miss Billy! Here! Sign
2: your name
0: to this quickly, before you change your mind.
2: There's no ink in the pen. Here, here, here take
0: mine. Right here, Miss Billy. Stop! I forbid you to sign that.
2: <laughs> you get out of here, you it.:
0: Shut up, Sir <laughs> Come, come,
1: Let's not call each other
0: dirty
3: names.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Miss Dilly, Miss Dilly, you have under- mis- misunderstood me perfectly dreadfully. They, they didn't tell me you didn't want to sell your book. They explained to me that it was just a question of price. They didn't say anything else, not a, a thing. I thought I was giving you such a nice big surprise yesterday evening.
2: Oh, well, how can I believe you? How can I believe anybody? Give me back that pen, Mr. Glasgow, and I'm going to sign. If you
0: sign that paper you you'll destroy all my faith in your integrity if you sign i I uh, won't even ask you to marry me
2: you won't what
0: ask you to marry me
2: Mr. Horatio
0: Well, I wouldn't want to go around asking you if I thought your answer was going to uh, be no, Miss Dilly. It wouldn't be no, would it, miss dilly
2: uh, no. Of course it won't be no. No, no, no,
3: Mr. Horatio.
1: Kenley's Trested Blanca Wine joins the audience here in Hollywood in applauding Anne Southern and Orson Welles for their performances in tonight's play on This Is My Best. In a few moments, Mr. Wells will be back to tell you about next week. A clever hostess soon learns that when good food and good wine keep company at dinner... Her hospitality is at its best. Especially when she serves a fine Cresta Blanca, California table wine with the meal. She has learned this excellent wine always lends a charming, friendly touch to the occasion. The next time you invite friends for dinner, plan to serve this excellent wine with your meal. Then notice how conversation sparkles and how everyone soon feels at home. There are just two things to remember in serving wine. First, choose the wine you like best and serve it well chilled. You may prefer a red table wine like Cresta Blanca, California, Burgundy or Claret, Or a white table wine such as Cresta Blanca, California, Sauternes. No matter which you choose, when you see the words Cresta Blanca on the bottle, you can be assured you have chosen the crest of quality in wine since 1889. Now here is your Cresta Blanca host, Orson Welles.
0: Thanking you for one of our favorite performers Yours and mine, Miss Ann Southern She thanks you and I thank her for a very swell Miss Dilly. Thanks, too, from both of us to the rest of the cast With special reference to Mr. Gladstone So richly delineated this evening By a really grand trooper, Mr. Francis X. Bushman Now, before I tell you about next week's show Just a word about paper Paper is a war material For this year's increased manpower shortages, only an intensified paper salvage program can produce the amounts needed. Contact your local paper salvage committee. Thanks. Well, when Cresta Blanca first inaugurated This Is My Best, it was inevitable that sooner or later we'd get around to Walt Disney. We weren't especially surprised to learn that he still considers Snow White his best. So next week, Easter week, seemed an appropriate time to present our radio version of Mr. Disney's very delightful and very tuneful masterpiece have with us one of the screen's loveliest young singing stars Miss Jane Powell so until next week until Snow White I remain as always obediently yours
1: our musical score was composed by Bernard Katz our radio play was by Robert Tallman Don't forget next week when Orson Welles will again be with us as your Cresta Blanca host to present Walt Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, starring Jane Powell. And remember, whenever you dine, dine with wine. And make it the best wine. C R E S T A B L A N C A. Cresta Blanca Cresta Blanca my best is a presentation to the Blanca Wine Company of Livermore, California, and came to you from Columbia's Playhouse in Hollywood. John McIntyre speaking.
0: This is CBS,
1: the Columbia Broadcasting System. That's Orson Welles on the air. For this time, I'll be back soon with more. You can find past episodes of this show and more old-time radio at relicradio.com. Find links there to our forum and shoutcast stream as well, alongside a donate button if you'd like to help support it all. That's how this is all made possible. Thank you, as always, to those who have. Thanks for joining me today. Talk to you again soon with another episode of Orson Welles on the air. Orson Welles on the air is produced by and for relicradio.com. Rebroadcast of this show without permission is strictly prohibited.